0: Welcome to Brookstone Schools Be The One podcast. Today we're talking to Dr. John Harkey, upper school English teacher, and our Page One nominee for Teacher of the Year 2024. John has been a basketball coach, is heavily involved in our Deliberate Life program, and has also recently written the screenplay for an actual movie, Let Light Perpetual. We can't wait to share with you all about it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with John. All right. Welcome, John, to the Be The One podcast. I'm so glad you're here this morning.
1: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes. And you are actually the very first one of the year 2024. So you're our first guest this year, and that's pretty exciting.
1: That's that's very exciting. I did not know that. And now <laughs> I am the tiniest bit, I don't know, intimidated or self-conscious. Not really, but that that's cool. That's yes, cool. Yes,
0: it is cool. So it's a great way to start off the new year. So tell us a bit about you and what you teach here at Brookstone and and your family, and how you came to be here, and all those good things.
1: Sure, yeah, my story—I guess you might call it—in—in—in um, in, uh, in the sort of basic way pertaining to Brookstone and all that. I've. This is, um, it's really exciting and cool that this happened to work out right now this year, uh, because this year has turned out to be for me um, a, a really significant, monumental year in a few different ways. Mm-hmm. W- with with that question of my. My uh, vocation as a teacher in my life mm-hmm. in Columbus and Brookstone. So this is my tenth year at Brookstone. Wow! As you said, I'm an upper school English teacher. That's yep. always been my primary role mm-hmm. um, at Brookstone. Um, I have taught several different grades. Um, this is also my twentieth year of teaching. Wow! So I'll um, I'll explain that in just a minute mm-hmm. in the briefest way I can. <laughs> uh, it also happens to be uh, the twentieth headed towards. Um, our 20th anniversary, my wife and I, oh, coming up this summer, um, and I'm 45 awesome. years old, which feels like a significant a mark in life too. Yes. So uh, yeah, I have been doing a lot of reflecting and looking mm-hmm. back and looking forward. So I, I came to Brookstone almost 10 years ago mm-hmm. uh, after spending quite a few years in, in academia. Mm-hmm. So yes, I am Dr. Harkey, I have a PhD <laughs> in English, and I was, uh, I was pursuing uh, w- with a few reservations and different ideas, but I was pursuing an academic career initially mm-hmm. in, as an English professor. Um, and But all the while, um, I, I knew that that may not be the, the, the place I was meant to be mm-hmm. and the, the, the career and the field that I was meant to be in ultimately. Right. Um, so going way back, I'll go way back to I, I grew up around Atlanta, mm-hmm. I grew up the child of teachers oh, really? and uh, aunts and uncles, uh, lots of teachers in the family. I had incredible teachers throughout my own um, time at Woodward Academy, which is where my dad taught, and then at Landmark Christian School, mm-hmm. where he was the headmaster for um, for about 10 years. Really? Um, and so growing up, um, I think I was surrounded by uh, educators, and I, mm-hmm. I was myself— uh, I had such incredible experiences in school that it was, um, I, I I felt a, a a pull towards education always to mm-hmm. some degree. Um, after I graduated la- at Landmark, I went to Samford University in Birmingham. Yeah,
0: okay.
1: And uh, pursued an English major. My dad was an English teacher. Um, I've I've uh, I've always had a, an intense connection to language and art, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, Poetry, in particular, some of the more abstract and conceptual realms of uh, literature and the humanities, have been exciting to me. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I pursued an English major. I got—I did a business minor. Little-known Dr. Harkey fact: oh,
0: There you go.
1: I was a business minor <laughs> in uh, in college. I was trying to balance out the English major. I think. Uh, that was the idea. That's a good balance, I guess. I really enjoyed the business minor. I, I'm actually a very analytical guy, and. Um, and, and then I, I continued sort of along this path. Of, I did a two-year master's degree at Wake Forest in English. Mm-hmm. But I, I chose a two-year program intending to teach high school. Mm-hmm. So I was initially coming out of college. I was um, I, I didn't do certification, but I was trying to find a balance. I, I was deeply interested in the field of English, but but also really wanted to pursue teaching mm-hmm. at the high school level. Right. Um, and then I... I, after my master's program, I ended up getting a job. This opportunity came to me uh, to teach some college classes at Atlanta Christian College, which is mm-hmm. now Point University. Okay. Um, and so I taught there for two years, mm-hmm. and this is when my wife and I got engaged and then married. Um, and I, while I was there, I got back into this this excitement and this dream of pursuing graduate, further graduate work. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I applied to PhD programs around the country. Mm-hmm. And ended up at uh, the City University of New York in, oh, uh, in New York City, uh-huh. around the five boroughs. But we were primarily based in Midtown. Uh-huh. Um, and I had had a professor at Wake Forest that went there, a couple professors. Mm-hmm. And they encouraged me to pursue that. So Erin and I launched ourselves up to New York. Oh, wow. And we had this incredible six years mm. there in the city um, while I pursued the degree. And she uh, worked at Rockefeller University. Wow. And we had a wonderful time there, um, you know, being young and married and in the city. Um, and just at the end of that time, mm-hmm. more or less as planned, I guess you mm-hmm. would say, um, I, I, finished my degree, Aaron became pregnant with our first child uh-huh. and I was able to find a three-year job at Georgia tech. Uh-huh. Okay. And so we were able to move back down to Atlanta near family mm-hmm. and, um, and so all of this is just what precedes Brookstone. So for uh-huh. three years, I was at Georgia Tech teaching, mm-hmm. and we were raising one child and then two, mm-hmm. um, living in Decatur. And during that time at Tech, um, which was great, I loved being there, mm-hmm. um, and I was teaching a full load every semester and, and uh, sending out applications for college jobs, but mm-hmm. also really in, uh, reexamining my own um, my own hopes and my family's uh, situation, and and like I said earlier, sort of my vocational, um, uh, what I felt like was my calling as a as a as a an English guy, mm-hmm. um, and so I I launched a big huge search for independent schools. Okay, and um, and that was in twenty fourteen like I said, just just almost exactly 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, I was bouncing between states for a little while, looking at jobs, and uh, Bonnie Smith, in particular, mm-hmm. uh, she she called me directly, and she said, you've got to come visit our school. We really want to talk to you. And then I, from that point on, when I came to visit, I met Dr. Jim East and mm-hmm. um, all kinds of other folks who were here. Um, I really fell in love with the place almost mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. My family came and visited Columbus and it all fell into place. Oh, that's awesome. And so we've been here now for 10 years um, yeah. just deepening our connections to Columbus mm-hmm. and to Brookstone um, and uh, yeah so our family, our lives are very um, are very settled and very tied in now with
0: yes.
1: With the school and the community, mm-hmm. so
0: well, and we're better for having y'all here. Let me tell you, it's well, thank been, you. Um, I actually it's, remember when you were interviewing, um, talking to Bonnie, and she was so excited once yeah. you had accepted the job, and oh, that's I hadn't very even nice. met you yet. Right, but I right, remember right. her enthusiasm over your coming.
1: Her her enthusiasm, which, uh, um, I mean, there were several people who uh, who were just so helpful and kind right from the beginning. Um, But it was really fun and cool because Bonnie, she was the one, she was the main person who was um, talking to me and answering Mm -hmm. my questions. And if anyone who knows Bonnie Smith, she's, (laughs) it was this wonderful combination of being completely on top of things, Mm -hmm. but also just being absolutely focused on me, listening to me, wanting to help me and enthusiastic, which I am, I am an enthusiastic person (laughs) Maybe more than anything else, uh, this is the word that, for better or worse, this is what comes up. So, I mean, Doctor Dr. East as well. Um, mm-hmm. it, it it's always a um, when when I'm at any place and there are people uh, with energy and enthusiasm and maybe even mm-hmm. some quirkiness. Uh, mm-hmm. It it makes me feel at home. It makes me feel <laughs> like there's room for people to to express themselves um. and be, uh, you know, to. To, to sort of be happy right. and positive and stuff. So. I
0: love it too. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. makes life fun.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um. So so you teach, you said you've taught several ages, yes. but now you're teaching mostly seniors. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. So this okay. is my fourth year. Um. Uh, right around 2020, the department was kind of restructured a bit. And I since then, I've had all of the seniors. Uh-huh. It's my fourth year with all of the seniors with the one little Asterisk being that this year, because the class was so big this year, mm-hmm. which is a great thing, mm-hmm. Hope Boswell has one section of seniors. So okay. um, I do have all but 15 uh-huh. this year. <laughs> um, but, yeah, for the past four years, I've I've, I've been uh, more or less the senior English teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of how our schedule works, that means I see them every single day. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm the only – well, I, I know that I'm the only class – or a teacher that they, mm-hmm. that's true of. Right,
0: right. So
1: it's a massive um, opportunity and responsibility right. um, to be in that role. Right. It, essentially, it's like an extra grade chair, an extra right. college counselor, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. especially given that it's English, right? which is a realm where you are discussing and reflecting and writing and thinking. Right. Um, yes, so all that has yeah. been so cool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, one of the huge things of being a senior is Deliberate Life. And you are responsible yes. for the Deliberate Life as well, are you not, or over yeah. it?
1: Sort of. Sort of, yes. kind of? Yes. This is okay. worth explaining briefly. So uh, yes, the Deliberate Life program has been around for quite a few years now. It preceded my coming to Brookstone. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that Catherine Trotter and Jim yes, East Yes, I
0: think it was them. started yes. the
1: program mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a senior project that, that had a speech component right. where they were presenting uh, you know, the project they had done, we, we revamped, um, this also the story of this goes back to 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, we revamped the program for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID was, was only a part of it, but, mm-hmm. um, there had been a lot of, uh, discussion about, um, uh, moving from, and there are pros and cons to this, but instead of having the students in the spotlight with the huge room full of people in the Turner right. center, right. um, Putting them in a position that's more of a more of a uh, practical life skill, which is mm-hmm. to present to a room of people mm-hmm. and to be organized but authentic mm-hmm. and more conversational. Mm-hmm. So we revamped the program aimed at those type of presentations, right. um, which also meant as we as we arranged it, it meant one day mm-hmm. instead of many, many, many different days. events yes. week after week. Yes. Um,
0: like doing them all in one day. Doing that's them what all you in mean. one day, yes. right?
1: Having what I, you know, call D-Day, DLP mm-hmm. Day. I jokingly <laughs> call it D-Day. It's it's coming up February <laughs> 7th. Um, yes, right around the
0: corner. It's around
1: the corner. Um, this year it's earlier than, than ever. Mm-hmm. And so everyone is now uh, looking at the same ultimate deadline, the same right. target event. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all to say when we did all of this rearranging and, and we had this new kind of vision and plan, um, we, we put together a committee. Mm -hmm. Um, I say we, Gary Sullivan was, um, and, and Jim East at the time were the main ones who, who pushed for the change. Mm -hmm. And then Megan Blackman, Hope Boswell, and I, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, we were all sort of made a kind of ad hoc committee. right?
0: right. Um,
1: and then that has now, uh, Megan Blackman, Hope Boswell, and, and the three of us and I, we're sort of the, what you call the core committee. Okay, um, yeah. But as the senior teacher mm-hmm. at the time and continuing, um, I sort of was in a position to take the lead mm-hmm. um, and create a lot of the new documents, the new assignments, mm-hmm. the new communications. Um, right. So, yeah, I have sort of been... Um, uh, th- I have to remind the students sometimes that mm-hmm. I'm not the czar of the whole thing. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't call all the shots. Right. You know, it's not... There is a committee... <laughs> Um, that mainly I'm, you know, their coach, their, right. ad, their sort of deliberate life advisor, their English right. teacher. Um, uh, but I, I am the one day to day just today where they're, they've, they don't, they're not happy about this, but this week they're required to do a, an informal,
0: mm-hmm.
1: very simple, small practice version of their presentation okay. to their, to their classmates. Okay. And so this is their first they're being nudged into some yes. of that presentation
0: right. mode right
1: um, And so we we structure it, it's heavily structured to try to lead them and prepare them um, uh, for the big presentation right, right. Um, So yeah, it's it's a it's almost not year long, but it it's right. it starts in the spring of junior year mm-hmm. and and they turn in a proposal to their junior teacher, which is, um, has been Hope Boswell mm-hmm. primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and she helps to get their their plan in place. Mm-hmm. And then their, um, it's their job to work on the project, right. which is supposed to be primarily uh, driven by personal interest, right. um, not necessarily by career right. Uh, right. interests, although sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. But we want to uh, – the project is tied back to uh, Henry David Thoreau. Right. And um, – yeah, know, his, I was going to ask his, you his to speak experiment. to that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah so and this is, I uh, actually I'll have to keep myself from talking too much about Thoreau <laughs> because he's a he's a misunderstood figure uh, in different ways um, mm-hmm. in both directions. Some people, um, you know, I guess you could say they kind of valorize him or celebrate him mm-hmm. without recognizing some of his his. Um, his weaknesses or the, the, and then other people when they discover, Oh, he lives not too far from his mom or he mm-hmm. wasn't actually out in the woods all by himself. And <laughs> they dismiss him and they say, Oh, <laughs> he was a fraud. You know, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and there's, there's something in between is true. Right, uh, but right. Thoreau, when he decided to do this experiment and go more or less live by himself and build his own cabin, make his own food um, and write about it, mm-hmm. it, the, the the real point of his his project, his mm-hmm. deli- his living deliberately,
0: mm-hmm.
1: was to to um, to pay the highest level of attention that he could to his own life mm-hmm. and to the world around him mm-hmm. and to his own mind um, and and to sort of uh, to, and to better understand himself and the world he lived mm-hmm. in. It, it, um, he wasn't really trying to say, oh, You know, look at me. Right. I did the coolest thing, or you should all do what I'm doing.
0: He
1: and and if you look, I I made. I need to do it again this year, but there were about five years in a row where I put together my own little booklet Mm -hmm. that I would call it a a my thorough (laughs) mixtape, and it was my own selection of passages from Walden.
0: Oh, really? That
1: were lesser known, Uh but that I thought were really powerful. Yeah. And um, I made them for the seniors. These little Mm -hmm. small booklets. Um, uh, on yellow paper, uh-huh. uh, and I would give them to the seniors every year. Um, and But a lot of those passages that I chose, he's, he's really saying things like, uh, don't just do what everyone tells you to do. Don't just mm-hmm. do what you're expected to do. Right. Um, every day is a new day, is full of possibility. Try things out. Pay attention to your own life. Mm-hmm. Be a student of life. Um, you know, learn to play, mm-hmm. but in a serious way. Right. It's this wonderful stuff, which um, that's what living deliberately means mm-hmm. to Thoreau, and mm-hmm. I hope to us. Right. So, um, you know, we're, we're and it can be tough. Is I think this is precisely why it's um, a good thing for the students to 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 be asked to do. Um, they're quite overwhelmed. Yes. They're very stressed and busy, and so mm-hmm. much of what they're having to do is precise. It's just it's that it's obligation, and mm-hmm. um, and so to be told, okay, you have another obligation, but this time we want you to do something that you want to do.
0: Right. <laughs> you know, right.
1: learn a new skill, build something. Right. Uh, try out a thing you've always wanted to try out. Right. Um, and and you know sometimes they they hold back a bit or they. They, they, they're hesitant to take a big leap. Um, other times they do take a leap, and, but it gets them thinking. It requires them to, um, to kind of take themselves seriously and think mm-hmm. about what am I into? What, right. what do I want to be into? Right. What kind of risk, risks could I take mm-hmm. that might yeah. lead me in a cool direction? Mm-hmm. So just raising those questions and then seeing having them see each other all mm-hmm. do it Right. In different ways. And man, that was a cool project. You know, remember right. your project. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really cool program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we, you know, we're constantly trying to refine it and revise right. it.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: but it's, and now having been here for quite a few years, uh, I've heard students mm-hmm. who've graduated years ago who will still remember and talk about oh. their own projects Absolutely. and other projects. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're in the thick of it right now.
0: That's fun.
1: We'll, we'll get to it in a couple more weeks yeah. and then. I can't
0: then, wait. And they'll be done. they'll be done. Yeah,
1: you should come visit.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm definitely. I got it on Drop my calendar. Drop in on a few. I know. I you know. should come up
1: with your own little list. Yes. Of which presentations you can hop around I know, to. I know. I
0: yeah. know. Cause I really, that, that is the one thing about doing it all in one day. You wish you could see everybody. I know. But, um, but it is really a wonderful Thing, a wonderful project it's and, a great program, and it does stick yeah. with you people do talk about them for years right, and years
1: right, um, right,
0: right. so um, and, and,
1: I, and I think especially in this new format I, you know I used to teach college so I can mm-hmm. with some um, legitimacy I can I can um, make this prediction that they will be asked I mean they present in high school as well but mm-hmm. in high school and beyond you will be asked to to present material to right. present, um, an idea mm-hmm. in a group individually, mm-hmm. it will often be smaller scale, right. five minutes, 10 minutes, 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and and essentially in those moments, you have to have the poise and you have to have some strategies um, to kind of uh, lead the room, you know? Right. And, ha- and, and, um, and so, that you know, we want that for them. And, and I, um, yeah, I, I hope this, however it goes for mm-hmm. each of them, each year, you know, I hope that it, it, it's the kind of checkpoint or template that, you know, as they go through life, they're like, oh yeah, that's, you know, yes, that, that was, that was good. That was helpful, you know.
0: Right. That is our so, hope as well. Yeah. So, um, well, speaking of living deliberately, if you will, mm-hmm. I, I want to give you enough time to talk about this project that you have been able to be a part of that I just think is the coolest thing ever. When you talk about you know, taking a risk and doing something yes. out of the box, something that you have never done before, yes. you, we are so excited to share. And it's even in the latest edition of the Brookstone Magazine it, it is, is is your movie, which is the coolest thing ever.
1: There's a film. There's a film thing, <laughs> an art film movie thing.
0: Yes. That it's, you it, are I, the screen screenwriter. You correct. wrote the script.
1: Yes, I did write the script. It, the whole thing is, it's like, as you're describing it, I'm, I'm, my- this has been happening anytime someone brings it up. He mm-hmm. said, "Well, tell me more about that. What was that thing?" Right. Um, and the, one of the things that makes the whole project so great is that it's hard to talk about because right. it's several right. things at once. Yes, but yes, yes. The I had, uh, I, I did write a screenplay, uh, <laughs> which I've, I'd never done before, um, and uh, the circumstances around my writing of it are very mm-hmm. specific, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll explain those, but. It was scary. Um, I'm so <laughs> proud of it. As you should of, be. Of course, I have. I have. Um, uh, of course, there are things as as happens with anyone with a big project. You look back and you're like, oh, I wonder if I could have done it that way or this mm-hmm. way. Um, sure. Yeah. But it it was quite the endeavor and the mm-hmm. pro the process and the saga. It so the story. So uh, at Sanford University. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my best friends and roommates there was a guy named Micah Stansel mm-hmm. that I had already known since sixth grade. Mm-hmm. We ended up going to college together. And Micah, at Samford, um, he studied journalism and art. Mm-hmm. And then later, he ended up going to film school. Okay. His wife, who um, was one of my wife's best friends at Samford and then Georgia. No way. They ran together.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, Whitney Nelson at the time, Stansel now. Um, she studied art at Georgia, okay, and and so she and Micah really bonded over art, and and then as they settled into Atlanta, they became sort of joint filmmakers, and they uh, would work together on these experimental films, um, experimental mainly in structure. So they would film these multi-channel um, pieces, which mm-hmm. which means several screens happening at once.
0: Which I have no idea how that works.
1: Right. And mm-hmm. um, it's very complicated. Yeah, I'm sure. And it's very ambitious, of course. Mm-hmm. And then even more wildly ambitious, um, They most of their pieces were designed to be projected onto buildings right. or into public space. Right. So um, way back in 20, gosh, I think it was 2009, mm-hmm. we were in New York. They were down in Atlanta kind of developing this new, uh, thing they were doing mm-hmm. and they projected a um, I think it was like a five a five channel film as part of a big event. Mm-hmm. Um, and that started this process. So when we moved from New York back to Atlanta, mm-hmm. we all reconnected mm-hmm. and Micah and Whitney immediately asked me to contribute mm-hmm. something to a project at the time in 2012. okay So I wrote this voiceover script to go along with, Uh, A massive film they did projected onto the side of the High Museum.
0: That's so cool. Also
1: projected into the inside of uh, the MOCA uh, Museum of Contemporary Art in Atlanta. Uh Art in America wrote about it. It was an incredible piece. That's so cool. And I I played this really small but cool role in it Uh where I wrote this optional, you could put on headphones and hear uh, like a strange thing I wrote in the <laughs> headphones. Uh, but that started a collaborative artistic relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all of our years in Atlanta and continuing into Columbus, mm-hmm. when they've done projects, they have reached out to me um, mm-hmm. often to play some role as a writer.
0: Okay.
1: In 2018, uh, the um, the 725 Ponce Building, which mm-hmm. was built by New City Development in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, Jim Irwin, the, the same people who built City Market, right They built this really cool office building right mm. on the Beltline, mm-hmm. and they commissioned somehow they knew about Mike and Whitney they mm-hmm. commissioned them to create a film for the opening of the building to be projected onto so the side, cool. which was incredible. And they came to me, and this is even more crazy to me, mm-hmm. um, because again I hadn't I hadn't written a screenplay ever mm-hmm. and they, but they said to me instead of just coming in later and writing a small thing, we love for you to try to write a screenplay for this piece. <laughs> um, and uh, did I they didn't, give you
0: like? I mean, like, was it? A and popped? so
1: we we so we sat. We we talked on the phone. We met at Waffle House mm-hmm. um, in Hogansville, mm-hmm. and we ha- we talked. They had very little at the time. They knew locations they wanted to shoot. Mm-hmm. They knew a couple of the kinds of characters they had in mind, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they knew that the piece. Um, because it was projected into this particular – at this place, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it's a really historical neighborhood in the city. So they wanted in some way to honor or pay tribute or connect to the neighborhood or the history of the place okay. if they could, um, which was a little ironic, of which they knew this, but given that now that area is – becoming so developed.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: uh, but that, they knew that and they mm-hmm. wanted that to be part of the complexity of the piece. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had some things to work with, mm-hmm. but they gave me a lot of free reign. And so I, I that started this process of brainstorming, planning, note-taking. Mm-hmm. I created a draft of a story. We met mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. We talked. They gave me ideas. I went back to the drawing board. But at some point, I, I opened up google docs uh-huh. and created the uh, or opened up a uh, a screenwriting template <laughs> with the courier new font and the centered text and i'm like i guess i'm writing a screenplay now oh my gosh,
0: that's and so i started fun.
1: writing a scene uh-huh. and from there i would go scene by scene mm-hmm. as they were um casting the film
0: mm-hmm.
1: starting to work on locations and then throughout my writing of the film uh we were still talking and collaborating so mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it is true that I wrote a screenplay, uh, (laughs) but it's so, the collaborative experience was so specific and so cool. These are old friends of mine. Yeah. We know each other so well. Mm -hmm. I was writing, trying to write something that I felt that mattered to me, Mm -hmm. but also something that I felt would, um, you know, I was writing it on their behalf in a way. Right. Right. So I wanted it to be, um, uh, meaningful and dynamic, for them as artists, right, right. Um, and I really did pour myself into it, mm. you know, heart and soul. And there are a lot of things. It um, the it, it's a screenplay. There's a story there, mm-hmm. but it's also um, because a lot of their work is more um, artistic and experimental. Right. Um, there's also just a lot of I guess what you might call poetic or philosophical. Material in there and Mm -hmm. kind of symbolic stuff. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, So it's a very layered, complex, you know, film. Is it the type Um, of
0: thing anybody could stream? I know it was shown outdoors. Right,
1: right. So this has been – so many people have been asking, um, can we see it? Is it available, accessible? Right. It is currently not available or accessible, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, This is a tough – I mean, I haven't put them on the spot too mm-hmm. much about this, but but I know from conversations, it's sort of a double edged thing, or a thing they've they've accepted for now. Uh, so much of their work is is as I was saying is like these public projections. Right. So right. by nature, they're temporary. They're kind of ephemeral. Right. right. People are passing by, and
0: right. um, I can see that.
1: And so I think they're still wanting to preserve that quality. Mm-hmm. On the other hand. Uh, as far as I know, Micah. Because because I should just note that Micah Whitney does a lot of the production, the casting, mm-hmm. sort of artistic advisement. But Micah is the the technical filmmaking mm-hmm. uh, genius. If, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, he's sort of a genius in mm-hmm. in the realm of film. Like he's mm-hmm. he does all of the, the the shooting, the editing, the the sounds. I mean, he's mm-hmm. and he's an obsessive. Um, you know, meticulous craftsman. Right. Um, and so he um, has been going back over it. I think he's going to try to put together a version
0: mm-hmm.
1: that can be sent to film festivals right. and maybe posted online.
0: Right. <laughs> I yeah. mean, everyone,
1: um, it would be great if it was just, here's a link, here's right, the film. Right, 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 right. Um, and of course it would be different than it, it is on the side of a building.
0: But yeah.
1: But mm-hmm. it. I think it would translate. Right. This mm-hmm. particular film um was designed for a square the square side of the building. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it it has these two channels, two different things happening which sometimes then go into one.
0: Oh, interesting. So That's what a, I noticed that it looked like there were two scenes happening right. on top of one another. So the
1: pictures or videos that mm-hmm. you may have seen, mm-hmm. you'll see that kind of alternate mm-hmm. uh structurally where you have two things, but it's like two angles of the same thing.
0: Right, yes.
1: At at times and then other times it's two different things and then it will resolve into one image. That's
0: so neat.
1: And um you know that's part of the um the the kind of formal aspect of right. the film. Mm-hmm. But all of that would still translate to to a computer screen. Right. Um yeah, I'm hopeful I I am I'll check in with them sometime yes. soon, but I'm hopeful that more people can see it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cuz yeah, I'm I'm uh
0: well, to share your work,
1: I'm right, you know? exactly. Well, and 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 theirs. I mean, right, like I said, exactly. they've. Uh, the and this is years in the effort. making. I mentioned 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, years in the making because mm-hmm. it, it was initially we were all scrambling to get it done for the opening of the building, right? Which was um, right at the beginning of 2019, mm-hmm. um, and then it sort of got put on hold, right. and then COVID happened, and mm-hmm. um, it really got put on hold, just put mm-hmm. on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of us, uh, we all assumed maybe that was the end of it. And right. that had, it, had, right. it, it was shown maybe two times, I think, um, way back in 2019, 2020, uh, beginning of 2020 before the pandemic. Um, but there, w- there were some other circumstances that um, that sort of brought it back to the, the right. surface. Right. And Micah remade, the he kind of re-edited the whole thing. Um and that becomes part of, like I said, the saga of it mm-hmm. is these years of being patient, waiting, continuing to talk and hope and mm-hmm. revise. And one really cool thing just personally is that our own kids, because they have three kids as well, Micah and Whitney. So our three kids and their three kids this past fall uh-huh. were able to see the film oh, which nice. we had all made.
0: Yes. Oh, that's cool. And
1: and actually absorb it and and feel the kind of understand it and the impact right. of it. Right. Whereas four or five years ago like they, they were they to. were little kids. Right,
0: yeah. they were too so, little. So that oh, was that's really cool. neat. That was that's pretty really special. Neat. Yeah. Um where where did the title come from?
1: Yes, good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Let Light Perpetual mm-hmm. is um and I have I have this um you can see this little faded. <laughs> this is my notebook from It says
0: Let Light. Let I Light
1: for a while uh, and I—that's still my own abbreviation—is mm-hmm. Let Light. I just call mm-hmm. it Let Light, but or LLP. But Let Light Perpetual is a phrase from uh, the Book of Common Prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the specifically uh, the Episcopal the, a portion of the liturgy in the Book of Common Prayer, which is the Anglican and Episcopal mm-hmm. book, which has um, you know uh, prayers and uh, various um, sort of orders for different services, but it. Mm-hmm. The, what are called the prayers of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the prayers of the people uh, sequences um, mentions uh, those who have departed, those who have died, mm-hmm. and and then the response in the liturgy says, "Let light perpetual shine upon them." Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, let light perpetual is you know obviously just just that part of the phrase. Right. Um, I I really love the sound. Um sound is a big deal to me with language mm-hmm. as especially as someone who cares a lot about poetry and music and mm-hmm. um and uh the sound and the the kind of meaning the vague meaning of that mm-hmm. phrase obviously the syntax the word order is different let perpetual light let light perpetual feels mm-hmm. so it's a little bit unusual sounding mm-hmm. um in the in the way it's used in the the actual liturgy you kind of understand that it's you're you're commemorating those who have died. It's a memorial um, expression. It's a prayer, mm-hmm. um, but I, so I, I that's buried inside there. Um, but uh, it, it is a film in terms of how I wrote it and how they what they're f- doing as filmmakers visually and sonically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a a film about light and darkness and kind of threshold states. And there, it is ultimately an elegy. The film, um, it's full of a lot of life and subtle humor, but it becomes clear in the film that that someone has passed away. And so mm-hmm. um, there is a weight to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so that that title from the beginning, whenever I, I can't remember exactly when I decided that that, that I wanted that to be the title. Mm-hmm. And then they ultimately... Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty early on as I was thinking through the, the uh, figuring out what I wanted the film to be on paper, it, it, it was a kind of, um, an elegy, mm-hmm. uh, but, but not, not one that was, was, you know, super heavy, right? but where that was kind of, um, uh, Th- there was there was gravity, mm-hmm. uh, and there was something between the lines, or something going on, mm-hmm. um, to that that the characters in the film uh, were dealing with. And I don't want to say mm-hmm. too much in case yes. people see it. Yes, um, and, and but but that was yeah. And then actually another, it's almost like a fun fact or something. But if anyone is able to see the film, or when people see the film or hear it, there are a lot of phrases and words and lines. That are pulled from. I, I do this a lot of in a lot of different ways. Um, there are a lot of phrases and words and motifs and uh, that are repeated repeated words and phrases from um, certain poets like Walt Whitman, mm-hmm. uh, from other liturgical sources. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, repetition is something I'm really interested in. That's fascinating. Uh, in language and in just sort of mm-hmm. daily living um, is the ways that, that repetition along with little variations can be really powerful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So the film has all that built into oh,
0: that's it. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Well, I hope, I we hope can you can see it. See, I, I you really it. do it's hope so we can see it. Yeah.
1: Um, it's, it's an amazing, it's, I mean, I'm not saying this cause I wrote screenplay <laughs> because they did still take, they took it and, and you know, made the film that they, uh, you know, wanted to make right, um, right, and so mainly I'm. I want to point to them, but it really is an amazing artwork, right? You know, as a as a whole synthesized artwork. Mm-hmm. You know, the the, the sound the, the. There's a score, but there's also um, a different guy actually wrote mm-hmm. the whole entire score. Oh wow! And he rewrote the score. Um, oh. It's very. Complex and yeah. interesting,
0: and I'm sure yeah. just the experience of being outside the the visual, the audio, all of it it's real immersive. Right. It, yeah. Well, that's a good segue into kind of um, our core values, if you will. Yes, um, yes. So that's it's a question I really like to ask our guests is um, you know we have seven core values as a school: um, courage, loyalty. I guess if I say them in order: loyalty, courage, wisdom, honor, service, respect, and leadership. So you know what do they mean to you, and is there one in particular that um, is important to you, and and kind of exactly what you are doing? What do you feel is important about imparting these to our students?
1: That's yes, the the core values. I I love talking about these core values, mm-hmm. and um, I almost in any any values, mm-hmm. uh, core values, secondary, tertiary values, <laughs> value systems. Uh, I, I love – I've become a little obsessed with it, believe mm-hmm. it or not, um, in the classroom and outside of the classroom. Um, so uh, I have in my room – I have my own – believe it or not, mm-hmm. I, I, I have my own little list of core values. Oh, really? That kind of parallel Brooks's. sounds. Go. Okay. Um, there are five of them. I should remember all of them, but uh, diligence, thoughtfulness, um, is honor one of them? <laughs> I tried to make I tried to vary them so they mm-hmm. didn't match up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this sheet that Megan Blackman uses in her um, leadership class. That's mm-hmm. a huge map of values, mm-hmm. and the students kind of uh, explore the map and circle mm-hmm. ones that matter to them. I think this is a lifelong endeavor. Mm-hmm. It always has to be tied to to life and action and and specific behavior and right. living. But I think it's a lifelong endeavor. What do you care about? What matters to you? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So, um, yes, with the specific ones, honor, honor, if I had to pick one, honor is the one that means the most most to me. Wow. Um, and service is kind of tied to that. Mm-hmm. But when I hear honor, and we have the honor code here, right. um, and we have you know the honor council, it's a word that um, here or anywhere um, – it has such an obvious weight to it
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, that it can almost be hard to to think clearly about what it looks like. Right. Um, we all know it matters to be honorable, and we all know that honesty right. is clearly a part of that. Right. But um, when I hear honor, and I try to talk about this and with my students, of course, um, I, I hear the word character mm-hmm. in yes. that way it's used. This person has so much character.
0: Right, yes
1: as a quality, right. Right. Um, and then I think of, um, uh, really a, a a notion of, um, sort of what we were talking about, which is, um, an, an understanding of oneself Mm -hmm. that in completely involves others and, and where, um, you know, honor is your, um, it's your. It's the consistency and the sort of clarity or force mm-hmm. of your life, uh, as it's visible to everyone. Right? right. It's not honor. Cannot you can't just say of yourself, well, I'm honorable. Right. You know, right. It has to be. It has to be visible. It has to work right. in a community. Yes. Or a group. It has to be something that's completely evident. Right. In consistent behavior and in. Uh, and then more specifically, what I love about honor actually is. The difficult, the wonderful and difficult, um, uh, I guess, vulnerability that, that I think is built into it, mm-hmm. the humility, I right. think that has to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. This I is another that. overarching theme I really try to pass on to my students is the power of vulnerability. Right. The, the power of um, acknowledging mm-hmm. when you're not sure or right. you made a mistake. Right. Or you need help. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. To me, that's it's it's necessary, but it's also honorable. You know, right. it's there's. I mean, it's honest. And, you know, this kind of um, recognition that it's not all about you, mm-hmm. um, but what but what matters forever is is um, caring about who you are right. and trying to. Live your life in a way that's consistent and that's ethical, mm-hmm. and that's um, uh, you know some of these other things like service, respect. This is why I'm choosing honor. I guess mm-hmm. they're all kind of in my mind tied back to honor, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can which see which that. doesn't mean honor does not mean oh you're 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 you ever make mistakes or right. you're above. Um, anything. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it really has more to do with that self, that kind of self-reflection and caring deeply Mm -hmm. about who you are Mm -hmm. as a consistent ethical person, especially in relation to others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and pursuing that in the most authentic and honest way you can, Mm -hmm. um, through mistakes, through highs and lows. Um, and I mean, I think that's, um, it's, again, that's it's a lifelong, just as thinking about values is a, is right. a lifelong endeavor. Oh, I is. mean, trying to be an honorable person right. is a lifelong endeavor. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, that's another perfect segue. And as we want to, um, we're going to run out of time, and I want to get these last two questions yes. in. Um, you have the opportunity to give advice to students all day long. So what is some of the best advice you've ever been
1: given? Okay, this is a tough one. This is a very tough one. Um, Because i yeah, it's funny. It's tough for me uh, because I feel like I soak it up. Right. And it doesn't always, like, I soak it up like, oh, that's good advice. And Mm -hmm. um, I should probably write down (laughs) on note cards as people do. Um, There are a few different things that are kind of uh, coming to mind from Uh, like literature or, Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. writers, but, um, that's not really to preserve the question, you know, more (laughs) like it, just advice. Uh Um, I'm so, so Gary Sullivan, um, the upper school principal, when he first, um, when he first came here to Brookstone, Mm -hmm. he said early on, so this is sort of a, um, it was advice in a sense, but Mm -hmm. I'm, 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 choosing this as my advice because okay. I think it works. He said to all of the faculty members, listen, if you if you have a concern or a frustration or um, something that that's doesn't seem to be working or you're mm-hmm. upset about, like, please come and talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but when you do, and like, mm-hmm. let's talk about it. But when you do, uh, please try to also think through some kind of possible solution mm-hmm. or some alternative idea or some thing, some way of moving forward or Mm. addressing the issue. Mm, Um, that's great. And, you know, that's, that is, um, it's, it's, it's a great, it's, it's great for, um, a community for faculty, for teachers. Um, but the more I've thought about it over the years, um, it just seems like really good advice Mm -hmm. for, for any number of things, whether it's, it could even just be something with yourself. You don't even right. tell anyone. But um, when something becomes really heavy, really burdensome, or is really angering, frustrating, right. yeah. um, and it could be an actual conflict, um, and it's important to vent those things mm-hmm. and be able to express those things. But mm-hmm. but to also um, to take time and kind of trust yourself to at least attempt to think through. Well, how? What what might work? What might right. make this better? What could I do? Or what could someone do? Right. Um, I I just think I like that's that. really good advice. Um, uh, yes, definitely. F- for um, yeah, because it mm-hmm. it's not just about solving the problem necessarily. Right. It's like that activity of of at least play of at least pretending it could be solved. Right. Or let me right. think of what are possibilities. Right. That's I think so important. Mm-hmm. Um Mhm. To, to to continue to push against, I guess the the what we're all it it, it maintains that sort of forward looking optimistic right vision right like yeah the thing is happening or there's trouble but and that's there but it could what if it was this way
0: right right exactly it kind of makes you go through a little exercise of
1: exactly what might be exactly mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of imaginative forward looking optimistic thing right. Um it, it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, suddenly become naive or over. But but having that, being mm-hmm. willing to, to say that or try that, mm-hmm. I think that's so powerful. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been... I think so too. I've tried to take that as general advice. I like from, that. From Gary.
0: That's very practical. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. There we go. Um, okay. So now... I know as an English teacher. How do yes. you narrow down your favorite book or books that have meant so much to you?
1: Um, oh man, yeah. <laughs> I, I this maybe this is related to the advice thing that like mm-hmm. my trouble with these questions. <laughs> it's almost like I have a built-in resistance or something to choosing. Right, because get, I get asked this all the time by I'm students sure you or do. parents or yeah. Hey, what's your favorite book? Or right. even if it's favorite novel, favorite book of poetry. Right. Um, okay, favorite book important. Well, or one we'll just that say, has hey, had an impact, right? On you. Right? Right? So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I'll mention two.
0: Okay,
1: uh, is that cheating? Is that can I get Absolutely. away with that? You okay, can
0: have so, two. so Absolutely. one,
1: um, and I am going to go in the realm of literature here. Maybe I'll do three, not two. Um, <laughs> I'll stay in literature here, okay. even though there are lots of books of, of nonfiction writing right. that have been important to me. Very important. Um, my. Going into my senior year of high school, we had to read Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment um, for summer reading. Mm -hmm. And we had to annotate it and fill out this whole study guide. Um, And this is, there were Cliff's Notes, as we remember in yellow and Mm -hmm. black printed form. But if you didn't do that, which I didn't, it was just you and the book. Mm -hmm. There really was no internet to speak of. Um, So I really read that book carefully and thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. And it Completely knocked me out in the best mm-hmm. way. I, um, it was the depth and subtlety, um, of how the characters and their experiences were being presented. Mm-hmm. Um, if for for those who don't know, the main story without spoiling anything, the main story is quite dramatic. The main character does something really terrible. That's the crime, mm-hmm. and the punishment takes different forms. Mm-hmm. But it's actually f- it's a 600 page book full of many many characters, mm. and every one of them, there's a level of, I guess, psychological and experienced realism that's so complex and subtle. And it just, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I guess it showed me in literary form, it gave me this, uh, a version um, of the world and of my own experience, a, a level of of depth that I had never experienced, and so I love that book. Mm-hmm. It's also mm-hmm. a great read. I taught it; I've taught it a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's. I often cite that as my favorite novel.
0: Okay, I have not read
1: it. It's so. sort of like four or five novels in one. Mm-hmm. It's a detective story. It's a um, theological, religious story, philosophical, social. It's a sort of social, uh, urban realism story. Mm-hmm. Um, many things. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing book. It's incredible. Um, So that's like a perennial favorite. Um, Another recent favorite, which is very tied to teaching, um, is Zora Neale Hurston's novel, Their Eyes Were Watching God.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. So Zora Neale Hurston, uh, I've taught this novel several times. I read it in high school, Mm -hmm. so I do have a connection back to my senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, But she wrote this novel in 1938, um, she had been trained as an anthropologist. She grew up in Florida. Um, and so when she wrote the novel, she was drawing from her own experience, but also from her, her sort of studying of the communities she grew up in, mm-hmm. um, which were these very specific black communities in, in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she wrote the novel, sort of like I am was saying with Crime and Punishment, she somehow managed to weave together all of these different things and threads within a single work of fiction. So it it contains, this is what I love about it is it's, again, it's so complex, Mm -hmm. but it has all of this wonderful vernacular Mm -hmm. language, um, which, you know, she was documenting and hearing and which is difficult, challenging to read, But it's so lively Mm -hmm. and dynamic. And so it has all of this vernacular language, but then corresponding to that, there is this beautiful philosophical poetic
0: narration. Mm -hmm.
1: You feel like you're reading poetry Mm -hmm. um, that is intertwined with these scenes in the vernacular language.
0: Well, I haven't read that one either, so yeah. I'm putting that you one should, on my list.
1: Well, it is. Well, it is. I Javon Stewart has told me this is her favorite book. Really? Yes. Okay. And so you can ask. You can ask Javon uh, about it, and then yeah, you should. We I should all have a conversation. No
0: kidding. No cool. kidding. Yeah. Well, I, I have often thought I would love to audit your class because I'm sure yeah. the conversations are so interesting.
1: I love this, you know, this journey, this life of. of Especially with high school students, of you know, being with them, watching them grow, challenging them, and and just continually trying to be, uh, the, yeah, the best the best kind of teacher I can be for them at this critical time in their lives. So
0: I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming here today and sharing all this with us. And I can't wait to watch the movie. I do hope I get a chance. Oh my gosh! Chance, I hope. But, there,
1: yeah, I hope there's a way. Uh, I, I will. I will certainly spread the word. Yeah. As soon as there's <laughs> any. Do. If there's any news or any links that can be shared, I will share those links. Okay.
0: Well, thank you so much, John. And thank you for all you do for our students, all you've done for my boys. I'm just so grateful. And um, we just appreciate you in every way.
1: You're most welcome. Thank you for having me on here. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with John. I really did mean it when I said I would love to audit one of his classes because he's an amazing teacher. And as soon as his movie is available for viewing, we will let you know. So if you think your child would love to sit under the instruction of such an amazing teacher like Dr. Harkey, reach out to Ann Parker, our Director of Enrollment, for more information or visit the Admissions tab on our website. We only have one more open house this year and we would love to see you there. Registration is required, so visit our website today. I'm Avery Wolf. Thank you for listening. We're so grateful for you and for your support of this podcast. And to all the Brookstone Cougars out there, always remember to be the one.